Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets live here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan coming to you on this beautiful Tuesday night. In BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte, we are in the wonderful Gittimer.com studios, and I'm surrounded by great company. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man in the middle, the one, the only, David Walker. Gentlemen, good evening. Gentlemen, gentlemen. Gentlemen, good evening. Buddy. And holding down the left block, he covers the Hornets for ESPN Charlotte, Justin Thomas, the man on the inside. Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up, dude? <laughs> you know, I'm just excited We're about so this Christmas party, so... <laughs> Oh, that's right. Staff Christmas party. Yeah, we just... Kurt, we, big smile. That's right. Of course, behind the glass, he's dropping those sweet droppity drops. Captain Kurt? God, if you listen, hell! <laughs> I like that one. That was a good try. <laughs> they're always... They're just classics. Um, okay, we've got a great show. But yes, we do have a, an office Christmas party coming up. I don't know where... Uh, if you want to chat with us on YouTube, go ahead and, and hit us up. Let you us want to know. sponsor it even better. Yeah, if That'd you want to maybe <laughs> buy a couple of cases of beverages maybe for us, that would be awesome. You know, yeah, show, show a little a appreciation. Water. There you go. Um, we've got a great show ahead. This is a really fun show because we've got the showdown coming up. Um, we've got the showdown coming up. We've got uh, – what else do we have? We've got a preview of the Wizards coming up. That's going to be a fun time. And – Naughty or nice. We could thank you, Captain Kurt. We've got naughty or nice, and uh, much, much more. So let's get into it. Let's start with a favorite here on the show, the Step Back Three. And David, you're first up. Three things that we liked, one from each of us uh, about the week prior. David, you're first up. What you got for us? Yes, I, I promised you guys I would, I would start going positive. And, and this is the second time <laughs> Nick Batum has brought out the old nutmeg play. And last week against the Pistons, he did it again. Did it get to Depi- Tobias Harris. Now, now look, that, that was it. That was so fast that, that you barely see it happen. And this is not the best angle uh, to to catch this nutmeg, we'll see it coming up here in a second. Well, no, oh, there goes my video again. See, we're it's a it's a work in progress, folks. No, I actually, yeah, we've got we can put this on the there big board. This is there we go. Our technology is improving every week. All right, check this out. We're gonna we're gonna play this for you. And keep an eye, keep an eye. That's it. That was it. That was it. You gotta have great eyes to catch that. That's the best angle we have, folks. But trust me, it happened. I think that's two well, times on the see, season. Like you, and I'm trying to get my mic here. You can see. That where the ball bounces, and of course, let's see if I can get this to actually play back for me. There we go. Okay, so we're going to roll this back. Right here, I've, I've been looking at this like the Zapruder film, trying to figure out where the second shot came from. And it, right here is your, this is your grassy knoll. Right. Right here, because you can, right, it's right. tough to see, but there is a there is a ball stuck between some legs there. 
And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going Eric Collins on the show already. <laughs> but you can see where the ball bounces. That's definitely a nutmeg. Like it's he's definitely. not unless he just has like superhuman physics uh, spin ability on the ball. That's definitely that's that's a certified. You that's 100 percent it. Yeah, and that's the second one uh, in recent weeks. He's so. knocking them down. There's no doubt team. about it. That was fun, a fun play and a win. All right, Justin, what are you stepping back to? You know, actually, I'm going to be positive this week also. So oh. I, I guess that must have it's been part of the memo. I'm in the holiday season, and over the weekend, you guys were witnesses of the Charlotte Cleveland game. We're not even going to talk about the result, but there was a point late in the second half where Kimball Walker banged knees, and it didn't look too good. And you know what started to creep into the picture? Oh, he's got props. Uh, yeah, get him on the camera. There oh, he yes, goes. Right he's got here. props. And I like to call that. Yeah, bring the that in front of your box. face there on the close up. We'll oh, get yeah. it. Look at that. <laughs> It'll work its way onto the screen. There it is. And and you okay. thought this thing was just gonna jump out and, and grab Kimba, but guess what? Hey. No, we got we got to put, put it away. away. You put that away. Why? Because the Hornets are actually healthy. I was really concerned about it. I said, man, this team is never going to be able to get to full strength and see what they can actually become. But Kimba said, not so fast. He's back. He's good on two feet, and they're still rolling. Well, but let me ask you guys this, because we're seeing the Hornets finally get healthy and get their full rotation, and all of a sudden they're on this tough road trip, and some things are getting exposed. So that's the interesting thing is as you watch this team get healthy, I think some things are going to start to – to really, we're going to find some things out about this team. Oh, we will. I, uh, oh, there, there are a few things. Three, four, five. There are a lot of things. Um, but I don't know if we're going to go into detail of those things. But I guess we could just. Why, be, why not? Dr- we got well, an hour. Yeah, oh, exactly. Well, we got all the time in the world. Why don't you drop a couple on us? Well, we're already seeing some issues with Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. We're seeing some issues with Roy Hibbert. We're seeing some issues with uh, finding a second scoring option. That. That's which the, one of those worries you most, guys? I would say the scoring option. That's been the issue from day one almost, though. That's, that's been an issue, I think. I'm honestly more worried about Frank and Roy because that's it. Like, we, we have the, – the Hornets have a ton of options at the wing position. Because, I mean, you've seen Jeremy Lamb and Ramon Sessions, their minutes getting reduced because of how well Marco's playing. But Frank and Roy, they're really – there's not another option behind them waiting in the wings. Other than Spencer Hawks. The, the one thing about the scoring that, that worries me is, is it got back to Miami. Is If you can take Kimba away, it's, it's over. Nick Batum is a really good basketball player. But I'd let Nick Batum, as a defender, I'd let Nick Batum try to create his own shot every chance he gets. Well, yeah, and I think last night no one was shooting well, right? So Nobody. it's like Kimba what, didn't have it going, and no one else could shoot. I mean, the team shot, what, 33, 36% or something like that for the game. So no one had it going on. Big reason why they kept Marco in there in the fourth quarter, right, to get some more offense. So, yeah, I mean, when Kimba's not going, somebody has to be that other guy. You, you lean on Nick to do that. Um, he's able to score in many bunches, right? I mean, he's yet to he pour in like, like a big scoring uh, scoring night. But, yeah, I mean, he's not, they're, they're he's constantly not, looking not, for another guy. And he, it's not just another scoring guy, Doug. It's yeah. another guy who doesn't need the help, right? I mean, Marco kind of needs to come off a screen, get a good pass. Batum can create, but he's not that guy. Many bunches. It's like he's scoring in frosted mini-weeds. Right, we need exactly. him scoring <laughs> like in the that. full frosted Wheat. Do they even make those anymore? Do they make the full size, or was that just the too biscuit size? Or is that just too powerful That's for children's too much cereal sugar for kids these days? All right. Well, okay. That's before before we get to uh, my step back, I have an important question for everyone out there. Turn to camera two. 
Do you love basketball? Of course you do. We hope you do. Otherwise, you just have a weird fascination with the sweet baritones of David Walker's voice. Are you ready to get into the action? That's the most important question because, honestly, we've got a lot of cool things coming up in sports. We've got college bowl games. We've got NFL playoffs. The the NBA season's really kicking into action. Let me tell you something. If you want to get into the action, you can with BetDSI.com. They've been in business for over 20 years. It's a safe place uh, to play. It's a safe place to bet, and I know this because I play there. BetDSI.com has a great basketball special for you right now. Sign up today and get $10 free to try their service. And they're offering a 100% bonus on your first deposit. That's that's free money. BetDSI has great customer service, and they pay out winnings fast and easy. There are hundreds of football and basketball wagers to choose from. And if you're into the UFC, they've got that too. Tons of sports, soccer, anything you can think of, almost they have it. You can bet, uh, betdsi.com even has live in-game wagering on football, basketball, and other major sporting events. You can play virtually everything at BetDSI. Head over to betdsi.com right now. That's betdsi.com and use our promo code HORNETS10 to get your free wager and start banking some cash. Little holiday cash. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. Okay, my step back. So I kind of previewed this. If you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, I previewed this. Um, I love. I saw a play that I absolutely fell in love with. This is like basketball religion to me. This uh, this happened uh, last night. Obviously, the outcome wasn't what Hornets fans wanted to see against the Pacers. But check this defensive play out. Let me put the there. Put that back in the screen, and then check this defensive play out. All right, you got. Great rotation. I'll narrate. This is not great for people who are listening, but the ball goes down low. I mean, the Pacers are moving the ball around the paint, but the Hornets relentlessly rotating. Let's see if it actually loops. There we go. Here it is in slow motion. Uh, great closeout by Batum. Batum follows tight defense. It goes down low. Backside defender finds the help. Cody disrupts the pass, slows it down a little bit. It goes back down low, and there's Kimba Walker uh, to help. Actually, that was Marvin Williams to help out again. So. Great rotation. I'll get those videos looping one day. <laughs> it's okay. Practice makes perfect. Great rotation there. And again, I just love I think it shows that the starting unit, when they play defense at their maximum, one of the best defensive teams in the league. It's the second unit defense that's a little inconsistent at times. And and sometimes the first unit as well. But when they really lock down, it if they can get things pulled together and they make the playoffs. This is a really exciting team because of their defensive upside. Oh yeah, I mean that's the that's the core. That's what we always talk about too, right, Justin? I mean that's what they're going to win on. They're, they have to win on it. But lately, I mean, they give up fifty percent shooting last night. Now some of that is Indiana, right? They were shooting well, but they're giving up a ton of threes, and the other guys are hitting a ton of threes. Something mm-hmm. we'll get into, I guess, when we talk about the Wizards a little bit. But last night they were on fire, and they're giving. I mean, they are not defending the three point attempts, but I mean. Is that is that kind of by design? I mean, are they, you know what I mean? I mean, they're giving up a lot of three-pointers, and they're closing out on them early in the season pretty well. No, yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, it's it's a matter of... I mean, you don't want to give up. I mean, it's not like it's they're like, hey, shoot these three-pointers. Right, but it's it's just... Because <laughs> that's sort where the league's going. Of, it's sort of part of their defensive strategy. I mean, we, I thought it would... I honestly was surprised because I thought it would change after Al Jefferson left because you sort of assumed that part of the... The strategy around their defense was centered around trying to hide Al Jefferson. You know, the, a lot of the sagging—that's what it had to do with. But on it, it just looks like that's what 
Coach Clifford wants to do. He wants to protect the paint at all costs, protect transition buckets at all costs, and and try to make up the three-point differential with free throw shooting, with defensive rebounding, and, and hope all that equals out. Now, 17 threes from the Pacers, that's tough to equal out. Yeah, and the Hornets at 10, Pacers at 17. Uh, the Hornets win the free throw battle by 21, but I think it's nullified with all the three-pointers. So what are you going to do? And uh, I I don't think it's a bad strategy, but the one problem is now is everybody's practicing threes. So it's like, okay, let's let's try to you know force these guys to take them. But it's like, well, you know, maybe a few years ago that would work great. But now guys are like, oh, you're going to leave me open? I'm going to shoot them. So, I mean, everybody's going to get your fair share of open looks, and everybody's not going to always be hot. But a lot of teams are getting really good looks. And yeah. over time, you know, guys are going to say, okay, we know the Hornets are tough defensively, but we know we're going to get these looks. So if you get these looks and you knock them down, we're going to have a good chance to win. So that's definitely um, that's something I know they have to be talking about in the meeting rooms. Yeah, and maybe it's just a matter of not closing out as much or being a half-step and some slow, of that is right? effort because Clifford was just saying how hard it is. I think this was last year that you really have to make like a hard effort to actually get out there. And mm-hmm. sometimes you might be sunk in deep in and you know really have to give a lot to get out there. So sometimes it's, it's kind of a factor of a few things. Yeah. Actually. All right. Each week we're asking you our question of the show. Send us your response on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. It'll pop up on the screen next to us. Or if you're watching us live on YouTube, you can just leave it in the comment section and we will read them later in the show. This week's question looks way into the future, or maybe not, just depending on how we answer this. And it comes to us from listener Keith. Keith asks, when LeBron finally hangs it up and the East is back up for grabs, or maybe LeBron moves out West, who knows? Mm. Who would you like to see the Hornets pursue to finally take this team to the next level? So when LeBron gets out of the way and the Cavaliers stop being the consensus finals pick, who would you like to see the Hornets make a move for? We're going to answer that question for ourselves later in the show, but please uh, make sure twitter.com slash LockedOnHornets or on the YouTube chat. Okay, a new segment here, and David's got it for us. That's right, Doug, and you wrote up some nice words for me to say, and I have them right in front of me. <laughs> a new segment here. Guys, since uh, everyone loves looking back and everyone hates moving on, we're going to look mm-hmm. at some of the players that the Hornets have crossed paths with crossed paths with along the way whether it's in free agency the draft or as, or as part of the team and they chose not to retain them or stay here so we're going to revisit the circumstances uh, what those were at the time the decision that was made or that wasn't made and check to see if the gm made the right call to move on or pass up these players it's time for a cho check cho checking so the first, how we're going to do this, guys, is kind of based around the teams that they're, they've either recently played or that are coming up on the schedule. So, for example, last night, Al Jefferson was an opponent. Now, in the offseason, Big Al did not sign here. Uh, there wasn't a huge push to sign him, but there was some talk around here, you know, that he could come off the bench a little bit this year, maybe be that guy. So uh, career here in Charlotte, Big Al, 17.5 points per game, nine rebounds per game, was really the cornerstone of rebuilding this franchise as a free agency option mm-hmm. i won't say destination just mm-hmm. yet i will say option so this year about about eight points a game four rebounds a game in 15 minutes um struggled a little bit out of the gate and you saw him a little bit last night kind of matched points equally with with roy hibbert so what's your take on that exit i mean was was it was it the right move at the right time for this team to say al it's been great 
but uh, we're going to have to part ways. Well, and in reality, they probably said we got to make. We've a got other priorities, right. and th- those priorities were Nick Batum and Marvin Williams. And then Indiana came in aggressively for Al Jefferson. And early on, people were very skeptical of that move from the Indiana Pacers. And it's just really now starting to shake out mm-hmm. for the Pacers, but mm-hmm. it has disrupted them early on. I'm going to say Cho knows here. Cho knows. Yeah, exactly. Because, ooh. Because <laughs> he certainly does. He certainly does. Because I think he he, you know, like everyone, kind of saw the writing on the wall, saw that this team was transforming and uh, knew where the priorities were. And even though Marvin Williams has struggled to shoot, I think uh, we've seen uh, his absence felt even uh, even with that poor shooting. So I think it was the right move to go after Marvin Williams and, and Nick Batum. I'll also piggyback off that and say Cho knows, and, and this is why. It's almost similar with the Panthers, like when they had Cam Newton and Steve Smith, and and they were like, oh, my God, and next thing you know, Steve Smith gets released. And people are like, he still has a lot of good football left, and and you let him go. Why do you do that? Do you want to say something to Duck? Well, I was just going to say that in the, the you make up a, a great point that it, I think in the league, especially now that's flush with cash, or at least it will be for the next year or two, it's better to be early to know that your team is transitioning than to be late. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was better to yeah. to 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 ditch that way of life a year early than it would have been to hold on and, and have to pay him whatever he was going to command. So I think I just think it's better early late. Yeah. Okay. Now to that point, keep that thought in mind. I've got one more big guy we can revisit. A guy we just saw, mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo, a fan favorite while he was mm-hmm. here, played for the played mm-hmm. for the Orlando Magic. Now had a had a playoff boom last year in Toronto, yep. which really got his name out there. Career numbers in Charlotte: four points, six rebounds, one and a half blocks. Okay, that was his time in Charlotte. Uh, was not extended, was not kept here. So that was an active decision from Rich Cho, right? Uh, since then, six points, eight rebounds, one and a half blocks. So about two more points and two more boards uh, for Bismack so far. Um, at the time, Justin, what did you de- think? It was definitely the right move. He got better. Like Each year he took a little step forward. But Charlotte, they weren't in a situation to be like, we're good enough to kind of let this guy continue to grow because he was raw coming into the league. And I was like, you know, they're not in that situation. Like, we have to get guys that can come in and give us things immediately. And, you know, a lot of people liked liked him. And, and Bismack, you know, had some good flashes. But it was definitely the right move. And I think the Toronto thing, right, was the big thing because that's when he blew up. And I was like, gosh, well, we, we really could have used him in the playoffs against the Miami Heat. That's what everyone was saying when he – I mean, he really dominated that series for, you know, halfway through it. Was it the – it was the Heat series, right? Mm-hmm. Raptors Heat. So um, he had a big series. I mean, that was the talk at the time. I'm going to say Cho doesn't know on this oh. one. Yeah, I'm going to actually disagree because, well, first of all, I'm obviously a, uh, a biz. Yes. I'm a biz caper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's different than the situation we just talked about with Al because Al was going. There was a little bit of a role shift that had to happen and solidify with Al moving to the bench, and and somebody was going to command his services. Somebody eventually did with Biz, but I'm not sure that would have materialized had Charlotte made even just a semi-aggressive, more aggressive move on on retaining him. I'm not sure mm-hmm. suitors would have necessarily come calling in the way that they did once 
once the, I think they could have nabbed him a little earlier. And again, like you just said, I mean, he would have been such an amazing asset and he would not have, he, I don't think he would have looked for a bigger role on this team. I think he could have fit somewhere. So I'm a little more skeptical of that, of that move, but long term, it's, it's going to be fine because sure. I don't think biz is going to have that same impact that he had. He's not, he's not really had that same impact that he had in Toronto in Orlando. Okay. All right, what's the last one? Last one. We're going to we're going to jumble these guys together because we've seen them uh, recently in Harrison Barnes with the Mavs, Andre Drummond with the Pistons and Mr. Bradley Beal tomorrow night in Washington. Now uh, in this draft, MKG was taken second overall. We all remember losing the pick to Anthony Davis mm-hmm. to New Orleans, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barnes was taken seventh, Drummond ninth, and Beal right behind MKG at third. Now on this one, guys, uh, did Cho make the right choice in MKG? And if not, which guy would have been the pick? And I can give you some numbers if you need to know, but let me just say, this year Harrison Barnes jumping up to 20 points a game, six rebounds, only shooting 34% from three, but definitely jumping up with the new minutes there. Drummond's just a beast. We saw him 15 and 14 on the season. And Beal, you know, when he's healthy, is one of the best two guards out there, I think. so. Yeah, and also in that draft, Damian Lillard goes six. But that, right, I'm just keeping it. Again, listen to right. the rules, I know, Doug. It's, it's I know. a new segment, but I just know. get used but to it. We haven't seen I the trail, I, trailblazers. We could get, we could have gone down the list. I know, but I just okay. couldn't. I can't ignore that name when it's sitting right at Damian Lillard. I mean, the opportunity. But, again, I don't like to do too many guessing games with the draft because – you just you don't even want to look at it year of because you never you shouldn't draft for year of you mm-hmm. should be mm-hmm. unless it's a once in a lifetime opportunity like Anthony Davis then of course he's going to affect your team year of I, I just think of that draft you you had Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist that really had the opportunity to shift a franchise and it was sort of fifty fifty with MKG it was a certainty with Anthony Davis. Um, Bradley Beal had the injury issues coming in, and those, uh, you know, obviously those continued out. I mean, he's still having injury issues uh, more so than I think even MKG. So yeah. I, I think Cho knows in in that particular case. And Beal has never played more than seventy three games. MKG is just for reference, averaged about nine and seven. This Love year, to see MKG in the fourth quarter at some point. Yeah. That'd be nice too. Justin Cho does not. I know it. He didn't like it. I, mean, I wasn't going to go with Bradley Beal. Why? Because Bradley Beal can't play enough basketball. Mm. Andre Drummond, really good basketball player, but I don't know if, if at a big man, how far a big man can really take you nowadays. Me. This is going to sound like a Uh-oh. homer pick, but I was Uh-oh. definitely going. Me and my dad, we were on board for Harrison Barnes. Watching Harrison Barnes at Carolina, he could put it on the floor. He had good size. He can defend. And he could. And he, there was much more upside. Like, you knew, okay, he could score. He could do some things. We knew if we worked on X, he could be even better. So quiet at Carolina, though. Yeah. Well, and, he didn't times. have that. He didn't have that game. That's the thing. He if you're looking 40 at, If you look Clemson, at MKG, well, but if you look, I think over the – well, let's talk about things Keep that Michael coming, King Gilchrist did in the NCAA tournament. He didn't drop 40. <laughs> well, he didn't drop 40, but that's not the, what they were looking at. They were looking at, can this player take a game over? Mm. MKG took more games into his hands than I think oh, Harrison Barnes no did. Oh, no chance. Uh, now, I mean, MKG would have been fine, maybe like 9 or 10. 
Well, but not two. I'll say you guys. I'll are say falling, this, you guys are falling for the flash. I'll say oh, no, no. I'll say this at the time. MKG. I fall was for the, the slash. You guys fall for the flash. At the time, MKG was the consensus thumbs up pick. I feel. He I was. mean, yeah. he was the he was the most sure of those remaining guys. I mean, right now, I think Barnes is one is the most interesting because you don't really know what he would have been on a normal team. Because let's face it, he was on the Warriors and was in a pretty good situation and his you, first year. Look, the, in the Bob league. the Bobcats at the time could not afford to 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 use that second pick on a, on a guy that may or may not have turned out to be a, a, a good player. I'm taking that risk. No, well. That was a brutal one. So, he, at the worst, you Joe know he knows. can defend and get you a bucket. Okay, let's get to the question of the show. So we looked in So in new that, segment done. New segment I done. I loved it. Show checking show checking show show knows. Good stuff. Um so we looked at the past in that segment, mm-hmm. David. Now let's look into the future for the question of the show. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. Always question with the Q. Questions help us learn things new. Question marks are very cool, especially when you're in school. Always question when you try. You'll find who, what, where, when, why. Question marks are very fun. Let's break them down now one by one. All right, question of the show time. This week's question comes to us from one of our listeners to The Daily Show. And if you haven't subscribed to that yet on iTunes, search Locked on Hornets and get Hornets recaps, previews, and analysis in your podcast feed every single morning. It's it's invaluable to the hardcore Hornet fan. All right, this week's question comes from one of our listeners, Keith. Keith asks, when LeBron finally hangs it up in the East and it's back up for grabs, who would you like to see the Hornets pursue to finally take this team to the next level? We'll start with David. This is an interesting question, right? Because it, when LeBron drops out, it feels like it's, it's just open season for yeah, anyone to I, jump I up there, right? So... I think one name that jumps out to you, this is not my guy, but I just want to mention, I mean, the obvious obvious guy is Steph Curry um, because at that time they may have another shot at him. Hey, make him this round. We don't know. May, 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 who knows? Um, but I think my guy is a guy that went toe-to-toe toe toe with LeBron recently, and that's Giannis Antetokounmpo. Antetokounmpo! Yanni. 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 <laughs> <laughs> You're just a you love you love the Yanni. Well look at him, man. And he can't even shoot yet, but he's got twenty two points uh this year, jumping up from about seventeen, uh nine rebounds a game, and he's leading that team. He's playing point guard like a lot of the time, like we talked about. I mean, and and that's a guy who if you're looking for someone who's gonna take over the game like a LeBron James, he's the closest guy. And he just signed the four year one hundred million dollar contract, so that lands him you know, in that area where you would expect, we should talk about that. Like, when is LeBron going to drop out of it? And now let's let's just take away the whole going to the Western Conference factor and just say, okay, he stays in the East for the rest of his career, stays with the Cavs, whatever, or maybe goes back to Miami and forms his super team. I don't know, but how long? Because we've seen we've seen Duncan play in like prime, not prime, but um, a factor in terms of his win shares for thirteen or fourteen seasons. And LeBron's approaching that, but he's got. I think he's got the way he takes care of his body. I think he's got four or five years mm. left oh, yeah. to, to to just be a factor. I don't see LeBron James fading out like a Carl Malone or you know, kind of staying a, a couple of years too long. I don't see LeBron doing that, but I see him staying for four or five more years. He, he better not. <laughs> Because uh, I don't want you him to try not. to get five rings, but I actually really do agree. He's never he takes great care of his body, and he's never hurt. He's yeah. never hurt. Like mm-hmm. he probably does have at least at the most five years. Like I could honest to God, outside of a 
a significant injury, like I could definitely easily see him playing close to five more years. All right, so he's going Giannis. Where are you going for your player? Uh, I put together a little group of guys <laughs> I eliminated before I got to my guy. Tony Romo is not one yeah, of the choices. Yeah, he doesn't uh, count. But that Tony count. Romo is in rumors of playing again. Thank you, Jerry Jones. Back to basketball. I started with Anthony Davis. I said, no, he can't stay healthy. He's got to go somewhere. I can't said, stay in New Orleans. I said, Russell Westbrook, too erratic for me. I said, Kevin Durant, he's really, really good. But sometimes he comes up small. Okay. And then I said, Steph, I really like Steph, but you can kind of, you can kind of get a little physical with Steph and take him out of his element. Then it left me with a guy that could that has good size, um, as a wing player mm-hmm. that can run a team, mm-hmm. shoot, mm-hmm. and score. Mm-hmm. And I said, hmm, there's a guy that does that who's top five in scoring and number one in assists. <laughs> I think I know where he's going. At six five, two hundred and thirty pounds. I'm going with James Harden of the Houston Rockets. And I know you guys say, Justin, you always talk about James. But this year... (laughs) That's not what I was going to say. This year was different for me. From watching James is before we always knew he could score. Everybody knew that. But the difference now is actually read a piece on him. He was saying that now when when Dwight left, he had to leave. Like he had nothing else to do. And I watch him play now. It's not about the crafty moves that he does or other passes because we knew he could do that. But he's a leader. Like if, if there's a bad play that happens... He goes to his teammates. And when he needs to take over, he can get to the lane at will. And then say you cut him off the lane, he can shoot. He can give you everything you need. He has size, vision, score, and shoot. Because I think some people think scoring and shooting are the same thing, but they're different, and he gives you all of it. All right, uh, Keith, I'm going to give you my answer here. First of all, I want to talk about timing. So I said four or five years. I'm pointing to 2019-2020. And I know that's a long time away for Hornets fans. You know, they want to make that move like now. Like, who are we going to get now? Are we going to go after Steph or blah, blah, blah? But I really look at 2019-20 for a couple of reasons. First of all, you're going to have, um, you know, depending on what moves happen in the next few years, you've got a lot of money clearing. It's uh, really Nick Batum's last season because you'll have the player option. A couple of other player options. MKG's option comes up. Marvin Williams, his option comes up, which I imagine he'll, he will probably take because yes. that's going to be deep into his career. But there's a lot of room, but he'll be in on expiring, so there's a lot of room to wiggle there. Cody Zeller, the only other player getting pay, paid. So no Kimball Walker. His contract will be up by then, depending on an extension. But So a lot of, a lot of money to spend. LeBron might be on his way out. I like your pick, Giannis, because it feels attainable for the Hornets. It feels like a guy that they could talk into coming to Charlotte. I don't like your pick because I think it's way out of the realm. Like I don't think James Harden is ever yeah, posting I, I up agree. in Charlotte. Okay, <laughs> So I'm going to split the difference and pick a guy that I think might be out of reach, a young player, just got drafted in his second year, but will be a restricted free agent in 2019-20. That's Chris Stops. Porzingis. Mm, okay. Zinger. It's Great the, answer. Zinger. It's the big guy that they've been searching for. They they tried Cody. They tried uh, Frank Kaminsky. And those players have a lot of room left to grow, but they're not the player. They've been searching for Kristaps, and Kristaps hasn't been available. He's averaging 20, uh, uh, 20 points, 7.7 rebounds, 1.4 assists in his second year. His numbers have skyrocketed in his second year over his rookie year. He's shooting 38% from deep blocking two shots a game. He's a human. What the hell did he just do real? So not even a highlight reel. That's just like this pick. is amazing. I think, again, Kristaps played, uh, played overseas from Latvia. There's no 
you know, kind of pre. I don't know if there's. But he did play. He is playing in New York. Yeah, he is playing the on the problem. larger stage, and that's going to be his team for sure when oh, yeah. that time comes around. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, can, will they try to extend him? You know, before restricted free agency. Who knows? And I say but, for sure, just for you know, Carmella. Can, can, can I throw out another name? Please. What do you guys think about Jabari Parker? I don't think that's the game changer unless he makes a, a couple of leaps. He's got to make a couple of he's got to make a couple of Kimba Walker leaps. I think. I do think that'll happen. I, I think he's going to be special. How about a guy like Andrew Wiggins? Ooh. How about Doug McDermott? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go out to the let's go out to the comment section. We haven't been out there all show. First of all, I love this from longtime listener David. What better thing to watch while waiting on your firstborn? Congratulations, oh gosh, David, awesome. joining David in fatherhood. Enjoy it. Embra- Embrace it. Cherish it. <laughs> um, let's see if we have any answers for this. Uh, let's see. For, oh, going back to the to your segment, checking Cho, uh, Mouthman fifteen says MKG is my favorite player, but I was hoping for Harrison Barnes. Certainly, I think a lot of people the, were around yeah, here at the time. Yeah, the Carolina love because Mouthman says you get shooting and length. Thank um, you, Mouthman. John, uh, for this one, uh, for this segment, a uh, question of the show saying instead of going after Steph Curry, how about going after? Draymond Green. Oh my God! Can you imagine what Draymond's gonna be doing in four years? <laughs> how, many, I mean, how many high kicks does he have left? I, in I don't him? know. He might, yeah, pulling hammies. Um, I mean, I love Draymond as a as a player, as a guy. I don't. Is know it that a franchise? I don't changer? know if he's the centerpiece no. to your franchise. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that would be tough. I mean, it would fit again. It would fit uh, in terms of what they're going to need around the time that LeBron hangs it up, and that's. I mean, that's attainable, I think. Too. I mean, you know, we're talking about it four years from now, but I mean, a I guy like that. I don't know, because I feel like Draymond, even more than Steph or anyone, I think Draymond represents yeah, represents Golden State. And they gave him the shot. And I think he's fourth on the pecking order, though, if you're going to pick oh, from well, those yeah. guys, right? Yes. But yeah. He, well, he's, sure. Sure. Okay. Sure. That Keep those comments thing. coming. We'll read a few more okay. uh, later in the show. Um, Hornets are still in play every, or still playing every other day, and it doesn't give us a lot of time to look back and and do analysis. Uh, hopefully, we can do some of that coming up next week when they start to get, you know, one or two days off. Uh, it's difficult keeping up with all these games that they've got upcoming, all of these opponents. But don't worry, we have you covered. Giddy up! It's time for the showdown. Welcome to the showdown with Calamity James. Here are the matchups to keep an eye on this week. On Wednesday, the Hornets will square off against the struggling Washington Wizards for the first time this season. If there is one person who cannot be faulted for the Wizards' issues, it's point guard John Wall, who is averaging close to 24 points, 10 assists, and 2 steals per game this season. Conversely, the Wizards' bench is the lowest scoring in the league with its four players amongst the bottom 11 in the NBA per net rating. Considering the lack of production from his teammates on the court and off, Wall has been asked to do a lot coming off of last year's double knee surgery. After a tough loss to the Orlando Magic, he was left alone with the media to answer for his teammates' performance, even though he put up a personal career high of 52. MKG and Kemba will certainly have their hands full dealing with him on offense and defense, but unless Washington plans on playing Wall all 48 minutes, there's no reason the Hornets can't pull out a W. Back in October, the Celtics stopped the Hornets from starting the season 3-0 for the first time in team history. 
The Hornets only lost by six points, but allowed the Celtics six three-pointers for the first quarter alone and 15 overall with the game's leading scorer, Avery Bradley, going 8 for 11. Throughout the game, the Hornets' help defense was picked apart by efficient ball movement, screens, and timely shots. If the Hornets want to win on Friday in the TD Garden, and they certainly can, they must limit and contest Boston's perimeter shooters. Beginning a road trip with a loss to Cleveland in the second of back-to-back games wasn't the most unexpected start to a five-game week-long road trip, but the Hornets will have to tighten up on both sides of the ball to keep from slipping. During similar streaks last year of at least four road games in a row, the Hornets won a total of 8 and 8. The season schedule has continued to take a toll on various players, from Kemba's recent slow shooting starts to MKG's fourth-quarter benching, which means the key to this road trip will be steady production from the bench. If you follow me on Twitter, which you absolutely should, you might have seen the picture of the Christmas tree I helped my parents and brothers set up. Soon after uploading, Twitter user Salty Sads appropriately called it the Mike Tolbert of Christmas trees. I hope one of my presents under a tree is a gym membership because my muscles could certainly use a tune-up after that fiasco. In addition, I'm still pulling needles out of my hair, but at least I smell like pine. To make this more fun, my parents also have two dogs, one of whom is very curious about the new thing in the living room. So, if Tolbert the Tree gets knocked over somehow, I'm willing to bet that my family will be celebrating Christmas around the largest and most horizontal tree we've ever had. You got a gun for Or would you mine? Great stuff there from Calamity James. Again, if you want to follow uh, her on Twitter, it is at Calamity underscore James. Great Hornets analysis and great look ahead uh, to a couple of Tough games. I think Boston will definitely be an interesting game because, as she said, I mean, you have to guard their perimeter shooters, something that the Hornets haven't been able to do with uh, several teams, and Boston being one of them. Something also interesting, so the Hornets got off to a 14-10 and 10 start last season, if you remember, and they went 4-12. and 12. Mm. It was the start of, I think it was that point where we went, oh, my God, the Hornets are four games above 500. What the, what's happening? Like, you know. It was bad. So you're hoping that this is not a repeat, that we haven't seen this, uh, that we haven't seen this show before. But I want to talk a little bit about tomorrow night's matchup. For the sake of those uh, listening on Wednesday morning, it would be tonight's matchup. The Wizards, it's been a struggle, despite uh, John Wall and Bradley Beal finally getting into a groove after that debacle where Wall was left out uh, to sort of fend, uh, fend for himself and answer for the team's transgressions. They reeled off two wins against Denver and a, a good, a, a certainly playing better than most people thought they would Milwaukee team. Uh, they do drop one to Miami, which is kind of embarrassing, and now they face the Hornets. Uh, so, guys, what do we think about Washington? I I was going to be – I was going to just rush into this and say, oh, easy W. Last time I said that, they lost to the Pelicans. That's yeah, don't right. say that I remember anymore. That. I remember yeah, that. Don't, don't do yeah, that, that yeah, anymore. Don't do that. That's the last time I said that. Uh, when I just watch from the Hornets, I just like to see just consistency rather spurts. Mm-hmm. There are times where they're getting good looks. They're not hitting them. There's a time they play really good for six minutes, and then they break your back on defense. I just want some form of consistency. I'm sure Clifford is, is preaching that, and and um, just just that. I guess that's well, and consistency will be key, David, because 
there's the starting lineup for the Washington Wizards plays extremely well. So you've got Bradley Beal and John Wall, obviously. Markeith Morris, Otto Porter Jr., uh, uh, playing really well this season as well, averaging 13.7 and 7 rebounds for the team. And then uh, Marchen Gortat having a good year as well. Then when you get down to the bench, though, that's where yeah. they have the issues. And so if the team can play consistently, you can make gains in the second unit. But it can't be this this noise that we've seen game after game where the second unit brings them back in the second quarter and then you know tanks their chances in the fourth quarter. Can't have that against the Washington Wizards. Yeah, all five of the, of the Wizards' starting uh, unit score averages in double figures, but you mentioned the bench struggles. And the Hornets bench, as we've talked about recently, has been scoring well. So you would hope that you can make up ground there. I mean, you think back to last April, Doug, and the Hornets had a chance, really, as it turns out, to secure home court uh in the playoffs and lost a brutal game up in washington i mean so i mean these games it seem like they're always tough they're always tight because you got wall and you got kemba going at each other you got beal and then you have mkg as well so i mean uh you have to lean on the bench and i think uh you really want to see frank kaminsky i think snap out of it a little bit on some one end of this game because when they were going well this year he's given them something right giving them that shooting, getting inside, making those little floaters. Uh, so they've lost that a little bit, and they've got to get some consistency, like you were saying, uh, just across the board, especially when you're on the road. Like, this road trip is not going to end after tomorrow. I mean, they got to dig down and get going because they've got two more tough games coming up. Washington's 5-1 and one when they hold opponents under 100 points. So if the, the Hornets are going to win this game, I think they have to get out, continue to you know get better on offense, uh, and, and really – Maybe lean on that bench a little bit. And I'd say two things. They can't have a slow start. And yeah. even and even if you have a slow start offensively, you have to make up for a defensive. Like yesterday, that was the problem. They started out slow, and they, they just spent so much time scratching and clawing, and they just didn't they just couldn't close it out. Yep. And I'm yep. thinking this game, they just get off to a good start defensively. Because you can usually always go on a quick run to score some points. And then with the bench some defense because we know they can score but can marco ramon and jeremy play some defense collectively? and what are we always seeing in these third quarters the defense you can see it notched up i mean they're getting hands on balls they're getting deflections they're getting breakouts i mean that's what they need to do from the beginning i know they're probably saying that as well right but i mean that seems like the key to the whole thing for this team to get some easy points fast at the start and then work off of that can i ask a quick question how are these things happening like you understand like everybody in that and on their starting lineup all are high character high moral guys as far as giving their effort on the floor how are they just coming out flat no are you kidding how's that happen how's that happen i i honestly i really i think i hope that it's an issue of playing night after night with the one day of rest. You're not, you don't have an opportunity to collect yourself and, and really regroup. And I, I want to see how this team, once they get out of this stretch, December 17th, the last game where we see the, before they get two days rest, I really want to see how this team reacts to getting a couple days to collect themselves, because I think this has been an absolute grind. It's certainly not an excuse you know th- these are professionals. They got to come out and play uh, hard every night, but I-, I think that's that's been an issue. And I, I I'm going to look at Frank Kaminsky hard this game because yeah. I-, I think 
yeah, the, the excuses have to stop with with Frank Kaminsky, and and I think he knows that as well because he had some favorable matchups offensively against Indiana, some smaller matchups. Uh, for him offensively, was not able to take advantage of them. And when he's getting when he's getting taken advantage of the way he is on defense by smaller lineups, he has to make up for that on the offensive end. And I think against Washington, you're going to see the same thing. I, I think you're going to see, because they don't really have a go-to backup traditional power forward after Markeith Morris. They really look to Kelly Oubre, some combination of Porter, Oubre, Thornton, um, you know, maybe they they with with the injury uh, to Jan Mahinmi, maybe they looked more to Andrew Nicholson, but I think he you could see him getting matched up with Kelly Oubre Jr. and Oubre's Oubre's been actually playing better. playing really well. I mean, overall the season nine point six rebounds, but yeah, over the past couple of games he's really starting to show out as well. So I think it's put up or shut up time for for Frank Kaminsky because I think if if this continues, what do you think? I mean. Is there a possibility you you start to wonder if maybe the the Spencer Hawes power forward thing comes just, into play? I don't know. I was just thinking about that, but I don't go there just yet. Okay. Just because because he had Not it, ready last for month. It. Last month he had a good month, and then yeah. he just hit like he just hit this wall. So I say you kind of just I say you try to let him play it out. But if it goes like out this, if he struggles the rest of this road trip. I think you sit him down just like what Clifford did with Lamb almost. You sit him down and say, "Hey, we're going we're going to let Spencer Haas get a little burn, but I'm going to come back to you when I come back to you. I need you to be ready." And the pro- the problem is that again, like I said at the, the top of the show, there's no reliable option in terms of a play like you go, "Well, why not Christian Wood? Why not bring him up and 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 give him a shot?" For all the faults that Frank Kaminsky has, he knows what to do with the basketball. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had five assists uh, uh, in a game the other night. I mean, he has the ability to 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 command a possession, and, and that's not something to take lightly. And you don't want, you know, at this in this type of grind, you certainly don't want to put somebody out there that's too green. So I think that's the issue there. But uh, Hornets and Wizards, they'll uh, uh, they'll put up their Dukes tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night, seven o'clock p.m. Tip off in Washington D.C. Uh, hopefully the Hornets can uh, pull things together and try to at least go two and three in this stretch because they've got Boston and Atlanta coming up shortly after that. Okay, I'm super excited about this segment. I could not be more excited about this segment. It comes to us courtesy of the man behind the glass, Captain Kurt. Naughty or nice? This is very simple. We're going to go over some all-NBA topics, and uh, each of us have one, and we'll give it to the other two and say, is this person acting naughty? Or nice, just in time for the holiday season. Uh, who wants to go first? Anybody really just itching to go first? Justin. Uh, Justin's oh, got that <laughs> smile on his face. Right. He's got his notepad out. He's a true journalist. Go ahead, my friend. All right, guys. This name that I'm bringing to the table, <laughs> you're all familiar with this man. Okay. We know We've already talked about him. And his antics. Uh huh. The heart and soul of the Golden State Warriors. Look at him. But you know what? Heart, soul, and, and soul, S-O-L-E. And <laughs> he, was the, he was one of the main components <laughs> to the 3-1 collapse. Yeah. Does this man get cookies and cake or well, bowls of coal? Yeah, because of the kicking, which we're showing right now on the screen. Look at this. This one was to the back of Harden's head. And even though the it was, that wasn't what took Harden down. It was an elbow, but still. And got that leg. Look at that. Look how high this leg gets up. Ballet. I, mean, I can't even look do at this. that. This is out of control. We have Steven Adams twice. 
And there's that Marcus. Oh, no, that was Amir Johnson uh, getting a little hi-ya. What is that? I forgot to even put him on the list. All right. I'll tell you, I'll loop him one day. I um, mean, this is all the way naughty for me. I mean, this is ridiculous at this point. It doesn't even it matter is. what's going on or what his excuse is. They told him at the beginning of the year they were going to make this a point of emphasis. I'm surprised. He hasn't been suspended yet, right, Doug? I mean, mm. you mentioned this last week. He hasn't been suspended yet, right? It's I mean, weird. It's weird that, again, it, it, he gets tossed for these antics uh, in the NBA Finals. Well, that was point. also, remember, that he had built up a certain amount of, yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. points. But right? he's not building well, up don't, anything. Don't, don't, that's yeah, what yeah, I'm yeah, saying. Don't, don't, don't. That's not building anything now. That's no. that's the problem, and and he's he's allowed to sort of get away. And and body control experts have come out and said, "Look, that's is not this, this is, is not, not normal. Natural. This is not normal. No. This is not it's normal." Not. Uh, no, he's definitely naughty. I'm gonna go naughty on both. Of those. He's getting cold for Christmas. He's getting super cold. Okay, uh, David. Let's see, uh, David. I want to save yours for okay. last um, because it's probably the most fun. All right, this one, mine, naughty or nice, is going to be. David Stern, he was in the news last week. On Tuesday, he did a question and answer session with Marist and Columbia Universities. And those smart biddies over there knew it was the anniversary of the next Chris Paul trade to the Los Angeles Lakers back when he played for the New Orleans Hornets. Instead, Chris Paul was traded to the Clippers, and the rest is history. I've got this uh, from S- courtesy of SBNation.com. So here was the proposed trade, Chris Paul to the Lakers. And there was uh, the there's the trade that actually happened. Austin Rivers, Eric Gordon, uh, Chris Kamen. Good lord! All right, we'll get. I'm telling you, next week it's gonna be we're gonna be primo. Um, but there, so there's the two trades. Uh, here's what David Stern had to say. Again, this is from SBNation.com and their recap of the situation. David Stern said, "What cancellation? The GM was not authorized to make that trade, and acting on behalf of owners, we decided not to make it." I was an owner uh, representative. There was nothing too void. It just never got made. Do you guys buy that? Is was David Stern being naughty or was he being nice when he when he nixed that trade and now his comments on the trade? I don't have anything positive to say about this man. Oh, I mean, he did some good things for the league. Kobe Bryant <laughs> and the Lakers were supposed to have six rings. Oh God! Bynum, so now we're gonna feel bad for Kobe, Kobe and the Lakers and Chris Paul. And he took that away. I don't care what he has to say. He is naughty. He will never be nice after doing that. Never. Uh, I'm going to say this is actually nice. I'm going nice on this one. But you know why? Why? Chris Paul, Doc Rivers, uh, Blake Griffin, the current Clippers organization uh, amounts to what they are, which I think people are finally starting to get a little annoyed by, by the whining and the constant complaining. They're perfect. They are the perfect Mm-mm. Clippers organization. Think about if he had not – think about if they had gone to the Lakers. The Clippers would still be garbage, right? Exactly Probably. where they should be, the laughing stock. No, this sounds, like no. A, this sounds like a case of deny, deny, deny. Uh, and and Stern, he's, he got caught up in all kinds of conspiracy theories uh, with, with the NBA, and uh, certainly none of them could be proven. Uh, but this was a situation, too, you have to understand. They were about to go to a lockout – and you had a team that basically in the New Orleans Hornets, George Shin, which you know, people people mm-hmm. listening to this show right now are very familiar with that that name, uh, took the Hornets team from Charlotte to New Orleans, basically could not own the team anymore, could not afford to own the team. NBA takes it over, and they, they nix this deal mm-hmm. because owners would have lost their mind had Chris Paul gone to the Lakers, and it would have caused a, a bad situation to get even worse uh, as they were heading towards You'd have lockout. no lob city. 
the hell with Lob All City. this other stuff never would have happened. Just... Kobe and Chris Paul? To hell with it. Uh, all right. Go ahead, David. You're, you're naughty or nice. Final one. My naughty or nice features the Lakers again. Last night in Sacramento, our man Luke Walton took all of eight minutes to get two texts and get tossed yeah. out of this one. So we saw we saw story. what happened. So he, the Boogie Cousins took down yep. uh, Julius uh, Randle. Yep. Look at that. Oh, he's so mad. Now, you Look know at what? You know what? I can't read lips, but. I'm going to go ahead and tell you what I think of this, and I want to hear what you guys think. I think this is nice. I think Luke Walton is going to bat for his players. They love him out there. You can see the difference he's made with that team. Mommy, um, what's he saying? Maybe some addition by subtraction, not with Mr. He took the Mr. jacket off. He, he pulled the, the Roy off. Williams UNC move. <laughs> the only problem is he's in Sacramento, so it's not like he could go but anywhere. Tee him up. You're out of here. And then he just – I love – I mean, I, I'm going to go nice here, too, because yeah. he just goes nice. all out. Oh, yeah. He got his money's worth. Oh, man. Yeah, it is. Look, Luke. Oh. Luke. La, 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 la. Luke, I am your mother, and that <laughs> is not language I'd like you to use. Justin, not your nice. Hey. All nice. Yeah. <laughs> just taking the jacket. Nice. You got me hot. No, I'm taking my jacket off. There are times sometimes you just have to do things to let your guys know, hey, I'm here for you. And eight minutes in, eight minutes he had in. enough. He had enough. And then, you know, I'm not too proud to say this, but I have used a few of those words when I get a little frustrated myself. So, Luke, you are not alone. Woo, nice. Man, those nice. are burning. Now, look, That's a I'm, a, nice. I'm of the opinion eight minutes in, you wanted to get kicked out. You he knew did. you were going to get kicked out, he right? <laughs> eight minutes in. I mean, he was going for it. Well, he, he that, that, was the, that was the closest that you're going to see in the NBA of the manager, like, stealing second base and carrying it away. <laughs> like, that was – I don't know if we've gotten word yet on the, on the He on made the his fine. mind up yeah. when he walked uh, in the arena. Let's get, let's get out to the commentariat uh, on this one. Draymond gets all of the coal, says Brendan Rogan. Yeah, that, not many fans of Draymond outside about of my man. not many fans of Draymond outside of uh, uh, San Francisco. I, I imagine. Let's see, uh, Daniel saying Santa bear, better wear a cup regardless. No, oh, that's <laughs> from Draymond. That's great. And uh, Mark saying uh, that David Stern naughty forever after helping to steal Masonics. Yeah. Bring him back. Hey, David Stern won't want you around here. Jeez. We don't need you, B. Stern. Last segment of the show, in honor of it being Star Wars week, are we excited about Star Wars? I've got my tickets already. I'm ready to go. Oh, really? Mm, yes. Not locked in? I've never watched Star Wars. Oh. <sighs> well, it's been nice, Justin. I mean, it's been a fun <laughs> ride. I mean, what can we say? I don't know. Uh... Anyway, in honor of Star Wars week, I'm calling this next segment Now Showing. With these big blockbusters, everybody wants to know, is it going to be as good as the preview? Or are we all being given the old bait and switch? So we're going to take a look back at some things that were previewed in the summer and ask, Hornets things that were previewed in the summer, and ask, what's your status? Is it a Hollywood movie edition here? Three choices are the following movies in theaters now, coming soon, or in development hell. Okay. Okay, gotcha. so three things that were prom- maybe promised or said would happen. What in are we summer. drawing? I don't know. <laughs> Justin just wants to draw. Oh, oh, if you guys no, want to no, listen, no, we, no, were no, gonna, no, we were no, going to no. do that for Naughty or Nice. But <laughs> oh, we, that is what we were supposed to do. That's okay. <laughs> that's Why fine. You, yeah. We can draw uh, some stuff. All right. um, okay. Whatever comes to your mind. <laughs> My drawing skills suck. All right, first one. go with words. First one on now showing... Steve Clifford said Kimba Walker was looking even better this season. 
So is this movie Fantastic Kimbas and Where to Find Them? Is that your three choices are, is it in theaters now? Did it come true? Is it coming soon? Or is it stuck in development hell? Uh, that's in theaters now. I don't really know Absolutely. how to draw that. But, uh, I mean, that came true. That That's an absolute fact. Yeah, a- a- his averages are way up on the season. He's still, he still he struggled against uh, the Pacers, one of the first games he struggled in. Needs some help for sure. Um, but what do you think? You're still drawing. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Is it in theaters now? Uh, is this, it coming soon? This or? looks like a baseball, but I was trying to buy, uh, draw a basketball. <laughs> okay. But uh, right here, folks. He's balling. It's in stores right now. Right. I mean, in theaters in right theaters. now. <laughs> in theaters. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Okay, we heard a lot about this one's uh, that one. That one's a warm up because that one's easy. Kimba playing uh, well above uh, his career averages and and made a. That's the most exciting thing about Kimba this season is that he he's made another leap. Yeah. And you know we talked a lot about like how much room does this team have to grow when it seemed like every player made a leap last season. And uh, you're seeing that. Hey, Tyler, saying saludos from Costa Rica. What are you, Tyler? Where's hey. my ticket? I want a pina colada. And he left us in this cold. Come on, Tyler. Weather. Um, not cool, Tyler. So this next one. So that one's not up for debate. But this one is. We heard a lot about defensive improvements from Frank Kaminsky and paint mm. protection from Roy Hibbert. How about this one? Is this uh, Guardians of the Paint? Is that in theaters now? Coming soon or in development hell? Oh, that's in development hell. Uh, yeah. That's struggling. It may not, it, it may be in development. It may, that's a straight to video release right there, I think. <laughs> you know that's like I mean? Olsen Twins. That's right. Olsen Twins movie. Do you know when you go to Walmart and uh-huh. they have like the big bin of all the, bin. all the $5 DVDs? It's been tough. <laughs> that's where they are. It's not, it doesn't feel like it's coming soon. And, Sorry, and for. Boys. For for Frank Kaminsky again, I just want to see what that's going to look, what his game is going to look like when uh, there's a chance to actually get into practice. This is a VCR tape, Justin. Oh. We used to have oh, VCRs. Yes. And oh, we used yes. to have a tape. Yeah, that's we used a good. To have one. a VCR tape, kids. Maybe oh, draw, yeah. maybe draw a smaller. Next Ask, time. Your kids. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ask your kids. Ask your kids. And and the Ask paper your parents and I the paint protection. Why would your kids know what the VCR was? No, they know about tablets and, <laughs> and Blu-ray. Hey, parents, that kids. kids, the kids in that blue. The Blu-ray, the blue discs, blue discs. Um, but yeah, Roy Hibbert <laughs> hasn't been the paint protector. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. Just, and I think a lot of that has to do with that that initial injury. I mean, yeah. He's still laboring, and and more and more teams are throwing centers out there that can extend the floor. And it's just been tough to get him the minutes uh, to really get. We've heard it from Clifford many times. I mean, you've got to get fifteen to eighteen minutes to really you know start to get comfortable out there. And more and more, we're seeing guys play twelve, thirteen because there aren't there aren't a lot of surefire answers in this Hornets roster right now, or deep into this Hornets roster. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be patient just a little bit. I, I know Roy's not a hundred percent, and Clifford, you know, he gives him high marks, you know, as my grandparents would say. So I'm going to wait. I'm gonna, I'll give him, I'll give him a month. I think that's a little bit too much, but I'll give him a month. But uh, if Roy is still out here, uh, you know, not guarding anything, uh, we're going to get a little critical. Not great, Bob. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. All right, last one. We only have about a minute and a half left. Um, A lot of talk in the offseason about who would replace the dynamic 
clutch offense of one Jeremy Lin. Steve Clifford kept pointing in the summer or or after he was acquired to Marco Bellinelli. Has Marco Bellinelli helped the Hornets celebrate last one here? Lynn Dependence Day oh, with his own geez. resurgence. Hiya! Is it? Oh, in- yeah, that's it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Is it in theaters now, coming soon, or in development? Hell. Uh, that's in theaters now every night for the Hornets. I think he really has been that punch off the bench. And, you know, they talked about mm-hmm. Sessions. Leaning on him in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they talked about Sessions coming in and replacing Lynn. But that really wasn't the case because the scoring was never going to be there. And I think Marco has really done that, especially of late. Maybe even been more um, uh, more consistent, really, than, than Lynn at times with that jump shot. So he's been their only real consistent threat off the bench, I think, certainly lately. So I think uh, Marco Bellinelli has been great. I was attempting to draw uh, lightning strikes, oh, but they did not turn out well, guys. I'll probably give up drawing. I'm sorry. But, yes, Marco comes <laughs> off the bench, yeah. and, and he comes off, and you can tell he's comfortable. Like, he comes off ready to let the rock fly. And that's what you want from the bench. You want a, a spark. When you think of bench, you think of instant. Mm-hmm. And Marco comes in firing. He's unafraid, but more importantly, he doesn't make bad decisions. We've seen uh, even late in or, or in fourth quarters that Frank Kaminsky's had an opportunity to play. We've seen him in the Cavaliers game make that questionable spin move that led to a turnover and a LeBron James bucket. You don't see that as much from Marco Bellinelli. He's not making big mistakes in clutch moments. Got a couple questions here on the YouTube chat. I want to save these. So, uh, Bre- good. I like Bre- this. Yeah, Brendan's asked, who would be the best player to compliment Kimba? A dominant big like Cousins or elite two-way wing like PG-13? That's a great question, Ooh. Brendan. St- subscribe to us on iTunes, Locked on Hornets, if you haven't already. If anyone wants to hear the answer to that question, we'll address it That's later. That's a hell of a question. It's a Go great on. question later this week. There are a couple others, too, that I'll, that I'll get to, uh, that we'll get to later this week. Uh, but for now, we're out of time. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this uh, live edition of uh, Locked on Hornets here on the Locked on Podcast Network. I had a great time. I really enjoyed this episode. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes and stay up to date on the Hornets every single day. We want to hear from you. Email us your Hornets thoughts, your questions, your comments to buzzbuzz at hivetalklive.com. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.